Todd and Rob in the afternoon. Hey, afternoon delight. With Todd and Rob. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we oh, are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Rob. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the new media show. And if uh, everything's working, we are lit. I don't know. I pushed all yeah. the right buttons. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> and it's good to have the lights on, as they say. Yeah. And, uh, we're just, uh, this, this lit thing is, is hokey and we're, uh, we're, I'm waiting for Dave Jones to finish some coding, being very patient. He's a busy man and, uh, getting my team doing some stuff with, uh, our platform and getting ready and yeah, yeah. So we're ready to kick this thing a little bit more, you know, uh, Facebook, every time I play the afternoon delight, they flag us for a copyright violation. Um, really? Yep. So I have to change that. Yep. Um, that's interesting. I, I just figured out what was kicking it. So, uh, we're, they can hear us. They just couldn't hear that five seconds, I guess. So, <laughs> so Todd, maybe what we should do is create our own, you know, lead in music that right, would, between the two of us. That, okay. Uh, Rob, um, <laughs> and, I draw stick figures, and when I play on the piano, it's conk, 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 conk. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before we get into content, we did have some boost. Um, we got 4,000 sats from Anonymous. We got 25,000 sats from Matt Kondo. He says, hey, love listening to the show. Thank you for your insights on Podcast Tudor. Very much appreciated. So we got a little bit of boost, not like some of these super shows that uh, get lots of boost. I guess we're not delivering value for value. So if those of you listening are listening on an old app, in other words, like an old app, an old podcast app, you need to get a new podcast app at newpodcastapps.com. That way you can participate in this brand new evolutionary stuff we're doing with podcasting 2.0 and what the community is doing. And actually yeah. I had some interesting meetings this week that I cannot divulge what was said, but if your company is in the podcasting business and you're an app developer or are you a host and you're not involved in podcasting 2.0, we'll see you later. <laughs> Bye-bye alligator. <laughs> those are going to get left behind they are going saying, to Todd? get left behind they absolutely yeah. are um and some may be drug in kicking and screaming but i'll just leave it at that well there are lots of factors at play now that will uh potentially cause that to happen now, lots right? of factors at play right. that may be may so you know, you better get a hold of it, get a better, you better, better, better get ahead of the eight ball right now. And if you're a podcaster and you're not excited about this, then, and you know, I, people say, well, why are you always talking about podcasting 2.0? Well, that's because where it's where the innovation is. It's right. Yeah. It's where the innovation is, you know, and I, I'm a little, okay. I had a. I shouldn't switch topics. Let me finish this. So anyway, I think there is a great 
headwind. No, no, headwind's the wrong thing. That holds you back. I think there's great tailwind. There great tailwinds are coming to push it along um, in, in a big, 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 big way. So, um, the, the, the new podcast 2.0 tags, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. The, now, if you list, if you, tailwind? if you listen, mm-hmm. if someone listens to the last episode of the podcasting 2.0 show last Friday and listen, take your time and not be doing something else and really listen, mm-hmm. you might go, Hmm. A little bit. And um, that, hmm, I had last from that show last Friday prompted me to set up some meetings this week. And all I will say is that, hmm, turned into a pretty good, hmm. And I'll just leave it at wow. that. <laughs> That's a pretty serious, hmm. Yes, it is. Yes. So, um, but you have to listen. You have to know what you're listening for. There's no secrets here. Everything's being done in the open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you can't like, think five steps ahead, you're already five steps behind. So. Yeah, because we will come out of this economic slump that we're in right now. There and, is one? Uh, well, that's there's a lot of indications <laughs> out there that would say that that might be the case. Um, and it may get a little bit worse before it gets better, but I, I do keep hearing, yeah. you know, rumors or discussions that we may come out of this sometime in the next nine months. And yeah. so there, there, there is light at the end of the tunnel to some degree. Um, so we just need to keep focused on the, on the, the prize and that prize is continuing innovation and improvement in the medium. And we'll, we will go through some adjustments and some changes and consolidations and, uh, and people, you know, not being with us in the next phase. And but, there's a lot of content creators are looking at options. Yeah. I and, think that the landscape is changing. Yep. I mean, from what I'm hearing and you're probably hearing the same thing is that there is a, a, on the advertising side, everybody's been all excited about the advertising side of podcasting over the last couple of years. And we're seeing kind of a significant, uh, reduction in, um, interest in campaigns that, that's mm-hmm. not necessarily translating into reduced CPMs, right. but as far as campaigns and the other big thing that's changed that I'm definitely hearing a lot is, uh, around guarantees, um, oh. especially with the bigger bigger platforms and the bigger networks. Um, Rob, the free money is gone. They were counting on a lot of guaranteed revenue coming in, or at least revenue that they thought was coming in based on performance. Um, But, you know, a lot of that opportunity is drying up now. So people are back to Mm -hmm. the way it's all, it's primarily always been. And that's um, merit-based when, when, when commercial interest, when commercial interest rates are at 8.5%, the free money is gone. And when people say free money, what's a free, what are you talking about? Free money, free money. Well, when interest rates were zero right. or doggone near, you were basically getting free money. And now yeah. that money costs money, then, you know, people aren't willing to invest as much and they're looking for guarantees and they're looking for cash positive businesses and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah, you cannot lose money in this environment and not get punished for it heavily because there's nowhere to go dip for another pile of cash. So, 
That and is, that's what the the scuttlebutt in the industry right now yep. is that there, there's a group of companies or large and small companies that are going to get hit pretty hard because they're not going to be able to deliver on right. the guarantees that they have promised. That's right. And that's going to create a negative cash flow situation that could take some people down, unfortunately. So let me talk to you a little bit about the situation that has it happened to me personally. Personally, I had a, I got two things. I want to talk about brand safety. I want to come back to that. And I want to talk about um, what happened to me today. Mm -hmm. I've had a booking service, been using one for six months. Um, we, I, we had a strategic goal for me being on some additional shows. And if you oh, want for you, for not, me to, for me to oh, be booked on okay. other podcasts. So I had hired right. a booking company to do that. Yeah. I've and done that before. And it's worked out it, well. It's, and it worked out well. And I got ready to get my renewal and I said, let's renew. And they said, well, you need to talk to this person. It's the, the ownership has changed hands. Mm. And I, the person I was using before is no longer in charge. And the person I talked to today didn't know who I was. They sold the business. Is that what they happened? sold the business? But this person's in podcasting and didn't know who I was a variety of different things. And oftentimes isn't it important. You know who your client is, if you're going to pitch them for a renewal. So I've heard a couple of those kind of booking agencies were on the, on the block. Yeah. The one that, the one that I was working with, I didn't even know they got sold. It was, it was done silently. They, there was no news about it being picked up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I basically am now on the hunt for, for to get proposals from new booking agencies. So, mm -hmm. um, I reached out to a couple of people today of, uh, folks that I've met at various podcasting events, so if you have a booking service and would like my business to uh, drop me an email, toddblueberry.com to pitch me what you're going to do for me. So anyway, that's that because the price of the place I was using before. <laughs> they can be expensive. Oh, they went, yeah. they went ridiculous expensive. And, um, the, the ROI, there has to be good ROI and that you're going to charge those types of premium prices for, for those types of services. I don't need a social media club partner. Don't know when doing the shorts for me. I just need you to find me the right shows to be booked on. You know, that's, it's all I'm asking. It's not complicated. Don't need this whole package. I just need you to hit this, this target. Right. So anyway, that's that. Um, and if you think about getting in that business and you want me to be as your first client, well, that talk to me too. Um, the second thing is after we talked about, that, I mean, not value for value. After we talked about brand safety on the last show, I just, it just, I had this nag that was going in the back of my head. And it, it really, it, it was, it was like, I didn't know what to say on the show. But I, I don't know if you recognize it, but I was a little annoyed yep. on the last show. And I, I, was, a, I was a little, a little grumpy too. Just, just a little grumpy, and yeah, because I've been actually digging into it and trying to learn, learn as much about it as I can, seeing the demos of tools and things that are out there that are trying to do this. And interestingly, I did a tweet and I said, right. "Brand safety, blah 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 blah, most overused word of 2022. Time to get some thick skin." And um, there was a, 
comment that someone made in the industry that mm-hmm. kind of like, well, this is what we have to do. And I said, and I, my response was, do you truly believe that? Mm-hmm. And they came back and said, yes. And then someone that we both know, Brian Barletta came in and made a comment and he actually kind of, cause I had basically said, this is my summation. My reader's digest version is that brand safety, while we understand what it is, and the word of having content that is safe for advertisers, what it really is, is listener targeting. It's about, it's more than brand safety. It's about who's listening, the age they're listening. It's not about brand safety. It's brand targeting. And I... Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. I think it it has the... It's had a tinge of alignment with concerns around kind of political speech, right? Certain brands don't want to be aligned right. with a certain type of political speech. And I think that's really where the safety has come in. But I do think that the core technology of it, it is really based on contextual um, targeting and, not and so much and, just safety. And right. I think at the same point, it's also maybe a little bit about because I had a conversation with someone that really knows the space well, and we're having a conversation about it. And I said, really, I said, what it really boils down to is advertisers want to be able to target by IP and to be able to deliver the most relevant ad to that person directly. Whatever you're going to say, it's all about this targeting piece. And Well, brand safety doesn't, doesn't inherently based targeting approach oh, okay. it's, but it's you know yeah. but you know kind of it's a part of the same I mean, it, can. it can but i think but re- the companies that are that are kind of at the cutting edge of this are playing with right. transcripts right but at the same time they want this other piece and i'm sure yeah and and someone had made a comment in the uh twitter thread brand safety feels like an illegal cartel where the biggest advertising buyers collude to push a market around I thought, oh, that that was a good one. I I, I like that. Well, it's the buying side. I I, I like that. It's the total. I yeah. mean, it is true. I mean, it's it's the buying side of the market that's right. really pushing this. So I so I like right. that a lot. I like that that commentary per se. Right. And um, so you know, I I just <clears throat> I'm I'm at a point now where. When someone tells me about brand safety, oh, we're worried about brand safety. What's the rest? T- t- be public about what you're saying, and that in that, yes, we want the brands to be safe, but we also want to know the, what's going on in that podcast and be able to deliver the message. Da 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 da. da. Mm-hmm. That's that's everything that's in, like you said, there encompass. It's it's all under this brand safety. You know this this illusion. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a justification for the deployment of the technology right. that will actually do contextual targeting, right? Which is um, kind of the next evolution, based on the limited kind of um, kind of market acceptance of IP targeting. So, what's the other alternative here? It, it would be contextual targeting. Now, granted, that may not be as good right. as IP targeting. Um, but it may get us down the path, especially if you apply AI technology and, uh, and AI learning to these 
these platforms. And that, that's the big thing that's different here is the AI level of the, of the context, which is, which has always been, and I think we talked about this last week, it's always been the Holy grail really of understanding what's in the content. So in the end, it doesn't necessarily help podcasters are trying to build their show. So it, it you know, in, the, in this context, it's all about the advertising piece and I don't want to spend right. forever on it. Right. Um, that's true. But it, it but, is, but, but shows need to be worried about this because this does get into the content of what those shows are producing and it. And if they're producing content that is not favorable, um, in the eyes of the advertiser, they are going to be, um, filtered out. Well, you know, at what point do advertisers start being brave? You know, and you know, I, it's, it, to me, it's, that's, that's basically what the safety word means, right? Todd? Yeah, is, yeah. They're is, not, they're not brave. They don't want to take risks. None. They have zero, zero tolerance for risk. Mm-hmm. You know, Especially and, in this kind of, kind of political and, and kind but, of, but there's only a small segment of shows, there's, of, but there's only a small segment of shows that are political. If you're political, yeah, it, you're political. It's yeah. cultural too. It's yeah. not, it's not, it, it's, it goes beyond just political. So here, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. And, and this is, this is why podcasters need to understand that there has to be, you have to think differently now. If they're right. going to exclude 25% on the right and 25% on the left, <laughs> if they're going to throw those two swaths of content, if they're going to throw 50% of the content out and they will, they're going to throw 25% of the content that's on the right and 25% of the content on the left out. And you have to be down the middle. To me, that's going to make for a pretty boring podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, there's another end of that spectrum, too, is where you where th- that brand only fi- filters out one side of the 25%, but they leave the other side in. So, Well, you know, that yeah. it's just true. But at the same point, it's like... When when are we? Uh, it it almost makes me. You know, there's a lot of stuff on TV. Yeah. That, wow. There's a, they're advertising that you know you know so th- you talk about brand safety. I think there's a lot more stuff on TV that's not brand safe than in podcasting. So, but they're not. You know, are they being held to the same standards? Well, I believe this technology is being being utilized in all media. I think it's being I think it's being used in digital a lot. Yeah, I don't think it's being done very much on broadcast per se. You know, I I just don't. I don't know. Maybe well, I'm wrong. Well, that's already watered down, so I don't. I don't so think that there's a lot of. I think it, you know on the broadcast side, it's it's pretty it's pretty one one side or the other. I, you know, I anyway, I guess right? I guess just call me old. I, 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 I want the days of a podcast. Like I think I named it last week, the daily download where the individual was recording his podcast in his, on his can, in his bathroom, you know, running and and having an advertiser. I, I miss the raw, the raw days. I guess, I guess it's gone. It's gone forever. So seeing that it is, then content creators have to start really, really thinking hard that they say advertisers, creators need to start thinking very, very hard 
about how they're going to build the value for their audience that is going to bring dollars back to them in ways where advertisers are not part of the equation. Yeah, I think that's, that's the reaction to this is that we're going to see more direct, um, show support has to be audiences has to be because if advertisers are going to be a little bunch of scared babies Mm -hmm. of having someone worried about using a swear word or saying something a little controversial or some, because they're afraid, they're afraid three people are going to write the company and say, Oh my God, you're supporting a show that talked about this or one person or one person. Right. That basically takes the whole thing down. I think we've seen an example of that, a podcast movement, right? So at what point, you know, and that's, that's where, you know, for me, it's like, when, when did we become such wimps and not have thick skin? I agree with you, Todd. Um, Tolerance is something that uh, we don't really have a whole lot of. If, in our if, culture I, now. if I if I could go back to the days right. of when I was, I if I could bring threads up from when I was working in uh, had a Fido net node and a dial-up bulletin board and it was called Fido F I D O net, but it was really Fight O net. <laughs> you know, because there was forums in there where it was brutal. Passionate debate, huge debate and back and forth. And you, you had to have pretty thick skin or you would walk away whimpering. Right. You know, so where did we get to the point where we're sticks and stones here, right? So uh, that doesn't exist anymore, Rob. I know because we've all become, or not all of us, but many have become, Overly sensitive. And, and I, and I understand, don't get me in it. It's yeah. it, but it, yep. I'm, I'm, yep. So I'm just, I guess I missed the ability to be strong and be direct. And instead of having to tiptoe around the, the topic and have to have the ugly baby conversation. Well, I think yeah. that we can all learn from each other. That, that's have the thing. to. It, it, it's almost want just be in our little bubble and not have to think about it anything different than maybe what we we and, assume is the reality and, we would and, like. And I don't right. think is this just a U.S. thing. I don't think so. I think it's a it's a cultural phenomenon that's happening around the world, and it's because of the internet, Todd. I mean, I think we become kind of bubble centric, you know, this is a factor that happened with the internet. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you and I both have been involved in the online digital space for a long time a and long have been time. proponents of this medium. Um, back when I started getting involved in promoting it with a radio show that I was doing and I, I thought this was going to be the ultimate democratization of human communication. But, you know, as it's turned out, <laughs> it's turned out to be quite quite a bit less uh, productive than that. Um, it's actually become harmful, which is, I think that reality has kind of all, always been there. It's just, we just haven't um, handled it very, very well as a human species. Right. Yeah. I just, um, it's it, just too sensitive. And, I mean, and, you know, and it's, I, I know Adam's listening and he's giggling. 
yeah. because you know he has he has built something on his on his primary show that are you talking about Adam Curry and yeah, and Dave the, Weiner um the no agenda show and, and, and if you want to if you want to listen to something remarkable um, don't even listen to the show. Go about two hours in on 1499, 1500, and 1501 and just listen to the donation segment and the amount of money that they earned around their 15th or, 15th or 16th anniversary and their 1500th episode. Go listen to that donation segment and get your calculator out. And uh, it takes about an hour to get through each segment. Yeah. And they're not beholden to an advertiser. They're beholden to their audience and producing great content. And maybe it is, I shouldn't even use the word beholden. Their, their, their audience has, um, a part, are their producers. They're part of the, they're part of the show. And, um, I think we all can start paying attention to more of these shows that are on this model of, you give me what you think I'm worth. If you think the advice I've just given you was worth a dollar, give me a dollar. And if you think the value that I've given you is $5,000 and you give me $5,000, you know, because there's been a few things that have been said in some shows before. I was like, you know, and ding, ding, I send a donation because it provided value to me, you know, and it was a tangible value. It's like, you know, if you paid someone, when people, I, I don't do very many paid consults because we work just right, right with our hosting customers. But when someone's not a hosting customer and they want to do a, a consult with me, they pay me for that consult. That, and um, it's the same model. You know, you're paying for someone for their value, their value of their time, the value of their content. Uh, I, I think this is for a podcasting space, how we have to start, thinking especially shows that are not these mega shows that can just you know get a check i think we all have to learn to and and again it goes back to this perspective you know and and i did an interview earlier this week where i told about visualizing the audience you know and if you if you do a google image and and it's this is we've talked about this on the show before but if you do a, a Google search just on, um, you know, let's just say a thousand, if you have a thousand people listening to your show and um, let me do this, 1,000 people. And then let me click on an image here, you know, and, and bring this up on the screen. See if I can do this without jacking up our, our show stuff here. Let me go to switch eight, seven, six. You know, there's a thousand people. And if, if right. you can value, you know, that's, that's a, a, a thousand people. If you can value that and say, oh my God, that's how many people are listening to me. You might take a little more time in your show prep in, in being prepared to present to them the content that you're going to present to them and give them better value. Because oftentimes we lose sight of what a thousand people look like or a hundred people or 15,000 people or 60,000 people. And and if we can do that, 
and, and visualize that in our heads, how many people are actually listening to our shows, I think podcasting would get much better very quickly. Because if I was going to stand in front of a stage and speak to those thousand people, I would probably be a little bit prepared than I was when I sit down for this show. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, we're thinking more about the audience and less about other, other things. (laughs) You know, I I think that's what it is. It's, it's, you know, and again, um, you know, you maybe only have 50 people listening to your show, but the same, the same mechanism works as far as visualizing mm-hmm. that getting crowd. back to the basics, true? I mean, yeah, yeah, this yeah. medium and what it was really um, created to accomplish. And I think that's something that we kind of have always, we've kind of forgotten about it to some degree, or I think we've gotten so focused on the commercial aspects of this that uh, we've kind of lost sight of who the real customer is. Right. The customer is, is the listener. Yep. And I'm not, you know, I think we've, we've shifted and this is a little bit of, I think the influence of radio. I mean, I'll be frank about it. I've been around long enough to see how this works. Um, that the radio industry kind of lost their way because they started to focus on who, who they think, who they thought their customer really was. And that's the advertiser. And the audience was a product that they sold to advertisers. Yep. Um, but it wasn't their core product. So, yeah. So it's, it's, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. No, you got to learn to not be afraid to ask your listeners for that ask. Did you get value from this conversation or this presentation or this show and And make it, if you're an online content creator at any level, that's the question you have to ask yourself, whether it be something you're doing on YouTube or anywhere. But Um, the problem is on YouTube, they don't give you, unless you're a super user, there's no way for people. We're not streaming live on YouTube right now. We had people from the last show watch on YouTube. How many people we got over there today? Uh, three, we got a whopping three on YouTube right now. So, you know, the, the three on YouTube, they have no way to send me or send us a, a, a donation. Right. That's true. Cause we're just some puny thing on YouTube. So. Yeah. Yet where do, where do people listen to the show? They listen, you know, Wherever they listen, we know they listen. We get their feedback. Yeah. And I think, too, that's another thing, too. Listeners should start to feel a little more obligated to give their content, the folks that they are listening to, some feedback. Because I can tell a content creator, you need to have the ugly, we have to have the ugly baby conversation. But what I say, well, Todd is, you know, he's biased. He doesn't know what he's talking about. But you have a listener give you feedback. Whoa. Yeah. Because if one says it, a hundred's thinking it. It's hard to kind of um, maybe change the topic a little sure. bit here, but um, is I was reading an article that popped up um, this past week off, off of a, a site that was talking about the future of podcasting is AI, <laughs> is the article. And that's 
artificial intelligence mm-hmm. uh, uh, and how, how that technology, which is rolling across the technology landscape, which if we think about it, uh, Technology has always been kind of a backdrop to podcasting. I mean, a lot of what has happened with podcasting has always followed in the coattails of uh, technological, you know, improvement and changes. And AI is certainly starting to come into the mix more and more. Um, and, you know, around voice processing to transcript context and understanding like we were talking about before. But I saw in this article a a uh, phrase that I hadn't heard, um, yet, but it may be a, a good, um, word to think about as a, maybe a new word in podcasting. And it's basically, um, podcast like content. I don't know if you've Hmm. heard, heard that term before, um, uh, or pod like as a, as a, um, hashtag. Um, and it's basically podcast content uh, or what is perceived as podcast content that may not be podcast content. So there's this kind of movement that may be linked up with artificial intelligence that um, may make it easier for people to create podcast-like content, right, in video form, audio form. Uh, I'm just curious. I mean, and you're starting to see – also talk about um, more proprietary platforms kind of moving in to actually even start thinking about replacing RSS too. So you're starting to see again, again, right? So this is, this is going to be a common theme that we're going to be up against. uh, I think on a regular basis as more automation comes to podcasting. Well, people are sure lazy. They want everything done for them. So well, yeah, but Todd, I mean, you and I both with our hosting platforms have spent the last few years trying to simplify, right. Yep. And trying to make yep. it as easy for content creators to create their shows and publish them and get yep. them out there. And I think AI is kind of a natural evolution of that. Um, I guess what it gets back to is, you know, when AI reaches a point where it's getting in the way, I guess, of authentic content um, versus artificially generated or manipulated content, um, I think is where we kind of get into this gray area of of whether or not it's good or not. So they are actually talking about an AI voicing a podcast. Well, I think that's, that's one aspect of it. I think as you think about the Descript platform, um, you can kind of see how that, and there's other platforms that are, you know, heading down that path as well, where you kind of have the ability to use AI to analyze a transcript and be able to do edit and then audio creation and then audio editing and all that stuff. So Grammarly, a Grammarly for podcasting. Of sorts, it could be right, and that 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 raises all sorts of other issues too. When you think about about accuracy, about um, authenticity, around um, you know podcasters, right? I mean, I could conceivably write a document today, upload it to the script, and the script could take a clone of my voice and voice that as though I had said it. Go ahead, I want to hear it. I know. Well. I mean, eventually I'm going to, to, to give it, that. give it a try and see what happens. Right. 
and see how it comes across. Well, we can take a transcript. We can take a transcript of this show and then have them voice it and see what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, or I just write it. Well, well the problem is, is that uh, writing to voice is a completely different challenge. Yeah, it's a course. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, nobody really knows how to write the same way they speak. It's not like you can put in this dramatic. Pause. So you have this kind of like this opportunity maybe for like, um, like, uh, movie script writers, right. That maybe know how to write in spoken word. Rob, by um, the time this thing gains any true traction, I, I am going to be long retired and maybe even dead. So I don't know, Todd, I think it's going to happen a lot faster than you think. I think you're going to still be around cause it's, this stuff's already developing. I mean, it's so. Wh- who 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 wants to listen to well, some if you artificially can't tell the difference, Todd? If you can't tell the difference, I mean, if I can have a podcast where where I don't actually have to get on a microphone, um, I don't know is is that a good thing or a bad thing? Would you trust your voice to be gentle? <laughs> well, if I created the voice clone. Right. If I own the voice clone and the only difference is, is that I'm writing it instead of voicing it. Okay. Good luck with that. Yeah. I don't know where there's a big advantage to that because I do think that writing takes longer, longer to create content than it does to actually speak it. Yeah. So it's just the, the editing part. So if you, if you struggle on the presentation side, there's going to be a lot of editing involved, but, but you know, like we all know with you, Todd, you don't do any editing, so that's not a time saver. Yeah. So it's it's it is a um I I just I I guess I can just go back old school and I have a hard time believing that some artificial intelligence is gonna be able to sound better and me be more cognizant and have more emotion than than what a human can be. And when it does, guess what? They've then, uh, life is over as we know it. And we might as well just <laughs> let the robots take over and, and, you know, pull, jack me in and, you know, give me some sort of, uh, you know, IV and keep me alive. And, you know, well, it's probably safe to say that whatever company that is, it's probably going to be owned by Elon Musk. Right. So <laughs> maybe, <laughs> Since he's owning all the other AI technologies out there. Well, you know, I, I know engagement on Twitter has been way up. It's been very, very entertaining to uh, hang out on Twitter and watch people lose a proverbial minds. <laughs> and, you know, every, and it's been good for Mastodon. As a matter of fact, I had to close off my yeah. Mastodon, um, just allowing people to sign up with willy nilly because I had all kinds of people coming in and sign up for Mastodon that were not fans of my show. So now I have to turn it so there's an approval process to get on my Mastodon server. Be- yeah, but you're right, Todd. People have lost their minds about Elon just in general. I mean, have you seen the oh, it's, Tesla I, stock price? Well, it's, you know, there's there's a good buy there. Um, there is a good buy. I bought some <laughs> this week, so if that tells you anything. So, yeah, I, it's, it's just, it is what it is, you know, and um, people are, people, you know... <laughs> Uh, wait, let's, let's leave it alone. I, I just, you know, it's one of those things that it's all going to work out in the wash. 
And uh, if you want to keep your blue check mark, got to pay the eight bucks. If you don't, don't pay the eight bucks. Twitter will still be there. Can you actually sign up for that yet, or is it just, just no? I got a notif- right now. I got a notification that my Twitter blue at four ninety nine a month was going to be canceled, but I couldn't find the link to convert it to the new eight dollar yeah, account. I, I haven't been able to find the eight dollar a month. No, it's. I don't think it's plan. out yet. I think they're. You know, his deadline of like last Sunday or whatever it was where people were going to get fired. I don't think people got fired. I just don't <laughs> think they got it done. So, but again, it's to me, it's been entertaining just to watch pe- people proverbially lose their minds. And the thing is, what it, and just wait until they let all these banned he hasn't characters. Even made any changes yet. That, and, yeah. That's the thing. And, right? and wait to, and you know, that's like <laughs> the, the parody rule has been in there since 2017. The only change they made was that you had to, instead of getting a suspension, you were going to get a ban, but the parody rule has been there for years, you know? So, the, Oh my God, they, they canceled a parent. Well, they enforced it is what they did. They enforced the rules that were already on the books. But people don't know that. They're like flipping out, you know? So. Yeah, I was surprised to hear about all of the talk about the the back doors in these platforms that the government had access to. Oh, did they find back? I haven't heard that. Well, yeah, there's like a portal for each of these social oh, n- yeah, networks that I, the I government can, can get into well, that's, and block people and filter people and all sorts of stuff. Facebook apparently has some portal that they can get in and they can basically say, Hey, they can recommend that this be squelched because it's, but that's pretty scary when you let the government Mm -hmm. come in and make suggestions about, so do you trust, do I trust the government to come in and, and, uh, from a national security point, there might be anybody anymore. Well, from a national security point, there might be a reason to for like, okay, someone's put the nuclear uh, weapons code on the online or whatever. There's something, you know, that kind of stuff maybe, but when it comes to speech, uh, I got a pretty big problem with that. And yeah, I mean, if somebody's talking about, you know, a vaccine or something like that, it's, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's probably not the well, not the thing that we want going on. Well, again, I, I'm not. I, I I think more speech is better. And no, you, I agree with and, you. No, you I, know, and everything you, you have that kind of stuff should be hands off. But right? but you the part of the problem is is stuff. people want everyone checked. They want everyone checked. It has to be checked. But who's going to check the checkers? <laughs> and you know, and and we've well, seen that's the problem. Are the People checking the checkers, the people that are wanting the control. <laughs> right. And, and it's just, it's just like, okay, all of a sudden now the, the Wuhan virus thing, you know, now it's come from the lab, you know, and everyone else that was saying that before got checked, you know, they got checked right. into submission, you know, yeah. and, yeah. but you just, you think they're going to freak out now you wait until they let all these characters that have been banned from Twitter back on. <laughs> Just, I don't know if all of them are going to want to come back. Todd. Well, that's the thing. The one that everyone's worried about has said he's not coming back. So well, it's because he's got his own platform. Right. He says that he's, I can't come up with these parallel right. economies. Right. And believe me, the only people who are going to like hang out on a Mastodon are the geeks, you know, because it's a, you know, it's not a Twitter experience. Right. You know, they're very, they're very quickly going to be 
bored. <laughs> there isn't going to be the dopamine hit over there. Todd, are we we rapidly coming back to a uh, a show here that should be renamed the Saturday Morning Tech Show? <laughs> no, is that what is that what's happening? No, here? but you know, it's just just the world <laughs> right now. You know, right. we're, in, we're supposed to be one of the most modern countries in America, but yet we can't count all the ballots in one night. You know, it's just like oh, yeah. you know, well, like that, we right. have electronics. Yeah. You know, what, what, what? Come on. <laughs> Well, some states, things went smoothly last night, right? I don't know. I actually did not watch any of it. Oh, you didn't? Not, wow. a, not a bit, because it's just, you know, that is that is stroke-inducing content. <laughs> it's not good for your... Your, uh, it's what, it's not cor- good. It's not good for your mental health. All this stuff. Cortisol levels, right? No, it's the stress levels. Yeah, it's not good. You know, so it's it's like I know some people get into it and they dive in and they suck it up and they eat it and live it. And next thing you know, they're they're stroked out. They're in the they're in the grave. You don't need that kind of stress. You know, it's just like the mainstream media. Don't need to listen to any of it. Yeah. Go listen to podcasts to feed your brain. That's one thing I said in my book. When I wrote my book in 2004, 2005, I said, the beauty about podcasting is you get to choose what you want to listen to and what you get to feed your brain. Right. I, 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 for since 2004, I've been able to select programming that I want to listen to, that I want to use to feed my brain to make sure that I'm getting to type of information I want in the topics I want by hosts that I like to hear. And... Mm-hmm along with controversy as well, not just one-sided blah, blah, blahs, you know, that's, that's, you know, that we have to come back to this, to come back to basics and understand this is the value of podcasting is diverse voices, diverse opinions, the ability to, you know, to have a, have a, have a debate and conversation and, and not just get talked to like we're stupid. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to, you know, I especially like the, the newsletter today, um, the pod news newsletter today, <laughs> did you see the, the headline is like, uh, this side down, this side up. And it was like a cast and, oh, um, yeah, I, I didn't pay Odyssey, too. um, you know, one being up in their, their revenue and the other one being way down and about to be delisted from the stock. Exchange. Rob, you wouldn't know anything about being delisted. Well, <laughs> that was for different reasons. Than this, okay. Right? Well, still, but, yeah, still. Right. So, so, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting, but the common thread across all this is, um, um, losses. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the company that made money still lost money. Right. Exactly. So you can kind of see why they cut staff. Here's an an interesting thing. When we were building Blueberry with no VC money, building it with our own sweat and tears, why didn't you grow faster? Well, I I couldn't. Right. (laughs) Couldn't grow faster. This is how much money we made. This is how much, you know, there was, you know, there's this thing called a bottom line. You lose money as a private company for two or three years. And guess what? You're out of business. Right. So you have to, you know, we build our company conservatively. We build it to have profit or or very close to breaking even, you know, and 
because when you have a bunch of profit, then Uncle Sam takes 36% of it. So, you know, you, you invest wisely, add people as you can, you know, yeah. it's, this is, this is what's happening right now in the podcasting industry is driving a lot of pressure on a lot of the players and the medium to drive results, yeah. drive uh, revenue. There's just a lot of pressure r- right now. And if you look at e- even the changes that Captivate announced here, where they significantly up their, their download limits. Right. On their plans, it's trying to add more value so you can look at what we've been doing. Right. No, I know. You know, you know we're getting ready to announce a whole bunch of stuff. I got like five things in the works. Boom, boom, boom. Adding more value. Right. You know, that's it, what this type of economic environment creates is, is pressure on companies to drive more value to their customers. Right. It's, it's a, um, and there's more, it's not just value. It is. Well, it's results, whatever you want to call it. It's, um, Hmm. Really? Well, you know, we put it right on our website, publish, analyze, grow, you know, helping to publish, help them analyze and give them tangible information to grow their shows. Yeah. And And also is puts pressure on employees. It puts pressure on the corporate leaders of these companies to, to do the best they can. Right pressure and if you don't then right. there's a consequence for that that's right yeah. and you know knock on wood you know we're we're doing we're doing good and you know it's we're not doing great we're doing good but good is is steady it will probably cause you to survive <laughs> right right great it's made just not be possible you know and i'm not going to go out and do something strategically stupid, right. you know, that we're just going to continue to do what we, we've got a very, you know, we've got a very good roadmap of where we're heading, where, you know, what we're planning and everyone's executing. Are you sure I could use a form? I could use about four more marketing people. I could use about two more salespeople. Sure. But can I afford it? Nope. Can't do it. Well, well, the, the other side of that too is you, you can have tons of marketing, but it may not convert any more than right. what you have right now. Right. So, right. right. But it, in, instead, it's just longer hours for me and, you know, and doing, you know, jack of all trade stuff. It's so, you know. It's the it, price of being an owner. That's right. <laughs> you know, if, if people think running, <laughs> I get a little sleep. Yeah. I get more than I used to, but still it's. It's 10, 12 hour days. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm not complaining. Yeah. Cause you got to do what you got to do to, to, you know, keep the revenue coming in, keeping the employees employed, keep Bob the keep the ball moving forward. And you don't always make money if you're an owner. That's the part that a lot of people don't realize. I mean, unless you've owned a business that's struggled. I don't have a Lamborghini. Right. It's, you know, I drive a Ford Edge. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sucks gas at five four fifty a gallon or something like that. So, are you um, on heating oil there, Todd? Up in, no, I'm on propane. Michigan, you're on propane. gas or whatever it is. Yeah, to fill my um, to fill my propane tank, and it was only like half because we fi- have we fill it twice a year. Um, usually it's 500 bucks to fill it. 
it was seven fifty this time to fill it. A large propane tank? Is to, that it it's got I think it's it's a two hundred and fifty gallon propane tank. I, I don't know. It's one of those standard That's a ones. Good size one. That's a good size one. Standard ones by houses. And it was I think it was down half. And it sends a trigger, sends a signal to the people. They come fill it, and they you know, hand me a bill. And usually it was 500 bucks to fill it. Actually, about 1000 a year to fill it. So it was, my, my heating costs have went up at least uh, 33%, at least. But no yeah, heating I just, oil. I just disconnected my heating oil connection in my house. So it's all, it's all a heat pump now, the whole thing. Well, well good luck with that. <laughs> it's working great so but you know I just spent two days two and a half days without power again so this makes 12 days this year I've had no power at uh, really where I live in the country for some reason the grid in our areas is, is not well maintained or something so went on diesel generator and that's 50 gallons of diesel a day to run the generator to keep the lights on and well, that, that's the big big worry right now is that a, in big chunks of the country, um, the electricity is generated based on burning diesel oil. And guess what? There's a diesel or, shortage. Right. So. And there's reasons for that. Oh, but, <laughs> you know, so at some point, here's the thing. When the diesel fuel shortages run out and the groceries are empty, grocery stores are empty, then people might start to say, well, maybe we should start pumping here again. And maybe I mean, we should people are going on a diet, right? Tom? And and maybe and maybe <laughs> people should be maybe we should put a few nuclear power plants in. We're so anti-nuclear. I don't get it. I really no, don't I, get it. Yeah, I just bought some stock in a uranium company here in North probably, America. Probably probably a good investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I think that's that's. You know, I think if you combine that with um, the renewables. I think you have a good mix but of the problem solutions. Is, but the problem right. is if you start building a nuclear power plant today, it'll be 25 years before, the, before it becomes online. So, Well, from what I understand, that the, there are newer technologies out there, smaller nuclear power plants but, that can be built. But, but regulatory in the United States, 25 years. It shouldn't take that long. In the current, with the current mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to have to figure out how to put solar panels on the on the moon and uh, run a wire back to the earth, you know, <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> I'm just being right. stupid. Yeah. We, we just kind of surround the whole moon with, or half of the moon actually with, with, with solar panels. Cause you can't put it on the backside cause there's no light back there. But so we got it all figured out, Todd. So right. just put all the solar panels. Oh, we there. are really digressing today. People are like, all right, I'm out of here. You're not giving me any value. <laughs> you want to tune in to find out about podcasting? <laughs> We're done with that. But no, you know, it's in, in all reality though, it's been a little slow. It has been. And, uh, and I think a lot of people have their head down, uh, working hard to make sure they stay employed. So, um, and I don't know that we're done with the layoffs either. I think there's a lot more. So, so I see Libsyn is going to the London event. I saw their saw the booth in the uh, layout. Not a cheap event to attend. Oh my goodness! Well, I, I gave Libsyn good feedback on that event. So, oh my goodness, it's very expensive to go to that event. 
So I yeah. guess we'll see. I'll probably have so to make are you exploring it. I'm, I've got to make a decision within the next week. So, cause there's not many booths left and they did not do a good job reaching out to people or people just reached out and they didn't have to reach out to nobody. I don't think they really had to do much no. outreach because they were pretty close to being sold out. It's all huge booths. It's, you know, it's the anchor and you know, all the big companies are there. There's no little companies like mine, you know, there's no little companies there like that. It's big multinational, you know, big groups. So it makes me concerned that there's not going to be, you know, you, you were there. Was there a, a good flow of independent content creators or were they all radio people? Well, keep in mind too, that that market is a little different than the U S I mean, it, it's, it's very much kind of like a public radio type of market. Of course, all of Europe is kind of like that. Um, so it's a little bit of a different orientation. There's a lot of production companies there, but, but you're right. I mean, in general, a lot of the bigger companies are there more companies that are working with, you know, 25 to a hundred different podcasts to help produce them and support them and things like that, or there's a big thing going on. But I do know that at certain areas around the perimeter of the event, there were open booth spaces that were available. Does, if anyone knows who runs the Canadian Podcast Awards, I'd like to talk to them. Hmm. They have a category that I'm concerned about. Oh, they do. Yeah, That's it's right. called the People's Choice. Oh, yeah. So, that? yeah, a little, 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 little concern there. So, I just want to have a conversation with them. So, if anybody knows someone over there, uh, I, well, said, I think that there's a couple of uh, podcast awards around the world too, that are using the same name too. Well, if, if they are, well, we'll have to have a conversation with them too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You can have a podcast award, but, uh, people's choice is mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As far as that, that specific reference, right. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yep. of course, Marco said he's going to close his web player. And I learned, oh, yeah, I, I learned something from, uh, did you know that Overcast passed in its, basically it passes in some code. Um, when you do a, uh, I don't know if it's, if, if he does it when it's a feed, anyway, there's, there's a place where Marco tells how many subscribers you have to your podcast in Overcast. It's set. It's basically in the metadata. And I did not know this existed. He needs to do a better job of publicizing that kind of stuff that you can, you can pull that out and actually um, show a podcaster how many subscribers they have on that app. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Never knew it was there. Yeah. But it's plain as day in some of his code, uh, some of his, you know, some of his uh, documentation. So. Yeah, that's interesting. I also saw that there, there was some data released about, podcasts in uh arabic uh in saudi arabia i guess there is uh, 120 million speakers of the language in well, that part of the world there's more well the number's close to 300 million total oh. arabic speakers with probably uh, upwards of 600,000 that can understand it oh, i mean 600 million that can understand it wow oh yeah but 600 he, million yeah wow. if you if you google uh, just Google how many Arabic speakers there are. How, or, or 
folks from that part of the world that understand English. I mean, is what you're saying? Or uh, no, Arabic or speak native Arabic, Arabic speakers. How many? Yeah. Uh, three hundred thirty about three hundred thirteen million Arabic speakers. If you count all the varieties of today's Arabic together, about three thirteen. Oh, okay. Yeah, making a big, making it's a, a big market. Yeah, and um, but it's still a relatively small percentage of the world. Only about four percent. And uh, believe it or not, Egypt is the biggest with 84 million people. Mm-hmm. Algeria and Sudan and Iraq. There's there's about 20 other countries that speak Arabic or it's so the you primary seen, language. Um, a big shift of um, podcasters moving off a of sounder. We haven't been, I haven't actually had them tracked. I know we've moved some, but I, I think many of them are trying to get their act together and figure out where they're going to move to. I saw that right. Libsyn offered a six month free deal. Um, yep. And I think Spreaker offered the same. I yeah. Think. So yeah. I saw some, some social stuff where people are moving to different platforms. So they've given them a little time to move. So um, I haven't seen this big, 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 huge influx of people. I, I'm sure a, a lot of those shows over there don't even know they're shutting down yet. Yeah, because I guess they're not shutting down till the end of the year. Well, right? they gave them three months, I think. So, but yeah, I, I think it's the end of the year. But it's, it's you know, you might be using a service and not read the emails from them. <laughs> I'm sure that happens a lot, actually. Right. So hopefully they have something in their dashboard that is basically, you know, saying that we're, we're pulling the plug. Okay, it says here Sounder podcast platform is going to shut down January 31st, 2023. What? Oh, no, wait, wait. It says, oh, no, it says. Yeah, yeah. 2023. We have, Gen- yeah, uh, January 31st, 2023. Yeah, that makes sense. All advertising solutions will stop operating a month earlier on December 31, 2022. So. They're shutting down the monetization of the I platform. wonder how big their team was. Not sure. Not sure on that. It means to me yeah. they said they had 5,000 podcasts hosted over there. That was pretty surprising. Like 5,400, I think. Was yeah, that's, the... that's a pretty big number for someone that I've maybe heard of once or twice. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. a lot of uh, shows, newer shows here over the last year or so, have a lot of them have gone to the newer platforms. Yeah. 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 They're moving They're They're, there's so many, so many to choose from. Right. It's not surprising. Yep. So, so anyway, I, I think we're going to probably likely see maybe a few more like this happen, but this is really more of the sounder thing is really more of a change in business model. They're, they're moving over to, and this dovetails to what we were talking about earlier about brand safety and data and analytics with AI technology is what they're shifting over to. And, you know, a lot of these companies that have come in that were later, they didn't have to pay the economy of scale. We could have grown much faster, faster if I didn't have to, in the early days of podcasting, pay 21 cents a gigabyte. You know, <laughs> right and, and, for bandwidth. And the CEO of Sounder is formerly the VP of global business operations for Spotify. So I don't know if you knew that. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, that's so, really interesting. Yeah. And then he also worked as the VP of global, uh, or is it the general manager 
of um, AOL, director of global market, oh, director of global market development for Google, mm. and also worked for Flipboard. Yeah, as some, well, some so. serious credentials there. He's been around the block. Yeah. I don't know. It's a. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch the space and see what happens with everything. Yeah, I noticed that uh, there hasn't been as many advertisers on Pod News too. That is a. That was also an indication that people aren't spending as much money. So I've been watching the ad load over there because he was as high as three, four, five advertisers in the classified area, and oh, uh, I see what you're recently saying. it's been two or three. So, well. The percentage that I've heard from a few other players in the industry is that advertising is off like 40% or something like that. Really? With some of the networks. Oh, then there's going to be a bloodbath if it's off that far. 40%. Well, that's total buys. That's not necessarily CPMs dropping. It's just total buys. Oh, Well, okay. So it doesn't mean the CPMs are going down, but the total is still 40% cut in ad deals is massive. That is a huge cut. That's massive. Now that isn't reflective of a large number of networks or anything like that. That's just a sampling of a couple that I've heard of. Right. Now, Veritone also lost $5.7 million. So again, if I lost $5.7 million, Rob, I'd, I'd be done. I'd be gone. We'd be out of business. Kaput. No more in existence. Looking for jobs. And that's why you don't do guarantees. Because <laughs> that will... Those oh. that did those kind of deals are in jeopardy right now. Oh, that's... Oh, I'm following you now. Oh, they guaranteed revenue. Yeah. Oh, 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 that's the stupidest thing ever. Why would but you, why would you have common, but well, that, that's common here over the last couple of years, Todd. I, well, mean, I would, I would, big, I would never do a deal like, oh, that's how they entice them to come over guaranteed revenue. Well, and some of these were, were guarantees put against shows that hadn't even been launched. Yet. <laughs> oh, that's, that's when you had that free money. Well, it's, you know, um, if it's a show that has a brand or a network that has a, a brand that people feel confident, I mean, think, you know, the Obama podcast or what, whatever, you know, I'm sure that they, yeah, they, they, they didn't work for free. They demanded uh, guarantees. I'm sure. Right? It, yeah. It's almost like a, like a paid speech of sorts. You hey. could, you, you could have that same analogy. Rob, how come we didn't get a deal like that? You know? Guaranteed revenue. We're going to give because you uh, the former president of the United States. No, but it doesn't matter. We're you know, we're, we, you know just a simple fact that we're old school podcasters should have guaranteed at least a thousand dollars an episode. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I think we could have always gotten that at least, Todd. But that's all right. <laughs> it's just we don't expect that. So right, that's right, right. It's all about giving, Todd. All about. Giving. Well, you know, uh, yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have yet to read uh, Tom's uh, two-piece article on the seven mistakes. Have you read this piece? Oh, that 
that uh, podcasting can learn from radio yeah, or yeah, radio yeah. can learn from podcasting, think, something like that. Yeah, right? yeah. I haven't read that yet. I, I just haven't, I, I need a little more bathroom time to get through it. <laughs> well, I can, I can tell you some lessons that uh, podcasting could definitely learn from the mistakes that radio made, and that's over, over commercialization and focusing on advertisers versus listeners right but as soon so. as you start talking doom and gloom about no more money for advertising here you have all these content creators who've been i'm going to get rich on podcasting to be like completely like well, devastated that there's no money out there for them yeah. well todd this kind of raises back uh raises another thing that we've talked about on the show many times is the aspiration of this industry being a multi-billion dollar advertising market, right? And and how we've been striving to get much over a billion dollars in ad revenue for, for what, five years now? That was another part of the conversation I had on, on Twitter the other day was that until you monetize the 97% that's not monetized today, you're not getting to $2 billion. Right. It's not happening. Though some will say that we're... We were right on the cusp of, and who knows, maybe we came close or something. I don't know what the final tally is going to show up as being, but. Well, I was going to look at something. We need, we need, cliff now. we need to go look and see. I haven't looked at this number in a while. And let's go over to podcastindex.org and let's look at the number. Past three days, 108,000 new episodes, 20, uh, 10 days, 248,000 episodes 30 days 359,000 new episodes 60 days 432,000 now here's the number that should really really set you back in your seat 90 days 483 numbers are way down as far as new number of new episodes being put out wow that has trickled that 90-day number has slowly came down. It was at its peak, 650, 700,000 for 90 days. But yeah, That's not much content. <laughs> so with only, with, with, and with 359, 359,000. For 30 days. So let's, let's just look at 10 days, 248,000. Let's get the, the, the high school math calculator out here. And, uh. So how many Apple categories are there? There's like 30-some, right? 248,000 divided by 32 equals. It used to be you have to compete with about 10,000 shows. Now you only have to compete with 7,750 shows. But if, it's, if, it's, if you put a show out twice a week, you're only competing with about 3,500 shows per category. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. There's there's hardly any competition out there. It's a great time to be a podcaster. Great time to create content. It's actually, believe it or not, it is the best time to become a content creator. So, should we in this um, chart here? Shouldn't it be um, seven days, fourteen days? It, it should. And thirty days. It should. I'm day, not sure why why the three day and ten day. Is well, we'll su we'll submit that as a, a motion to the board. Uh, Adam, I got a motion for the board of podcasting 2.0. We'd like the podcast index chart to be three, seven, 14, 30, 60, and 90. Uh, right. can you can, give me a second here, Rob? Okay. 
All right. You know, say I second it. Done, say, Todd. no, Get say you, right say now. you second that. I, I second and okay. third that. Well, okay. Right. So you got now, now Dave and Adam can vote. Yes. <laughs> they can fourth and fifth it. Right. No, they, they are the, they are the holders. They are the deciders. They are the right. deciders. <laughs> right. This is just a nomination of idea here. Right. I don't know. Is there a, a, something lower than seven days that would be there's a three day in there. So, so, oh, by the way, Tom says, Jesus, Todd, just eat some more fiber and read it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That made my earphone pop out. <laughs> She'd been here earlier, Tom, when I was on blast on brand safety. Right. <laughs> you catch it later. It's okay to not be so safe. That's the key takeaway from that, right, Todd? Right. You have to be so safe. Well, you know, I can say that, and the advertisers can be like, okay, he doesn't know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but Grow some thick skin there, Todd. No, you but don't have to be so safe. I, I, you know, this is, this is a re real concern. And if you if everyone was a hundred percent transparent and showed their complete where their revenue line was, we would see someone's losing revenue or people are keeping their accounts open and they're not closing there. Someone is, is losing revenue somewhere. If this In number is down, the, industry, the, the hosting industry hosting. is definitely there's revenue being lost in the hosting rev in the hosting industry. Someone well, is losing, someone is seeing a decline in revenue for sure. Well, Todd, I think the hosting companies actually make more money when shows don't publish new episodes, right? Well, if they keep paying so, their hosting bill, they do. I mean, if there's 4 million shows, that means that there's still a lot of shows. No, that those aren't active shows. Those are not active shows. Those are shows that still have an no, R. Yeah, they still have an RSS feed and they're still being hosted. Right, somewhere. right, somewhere. Yeah. Right. So people are still paying something for that to right. be hosted unless they're self-hosted. But even that has a fee. Too. But well, you know, it's, it's minor in compared to the actual bill for the, the bandwidth, right. you know, although well, our storage bill, our, our pet, you know, we're in petabytes of storage now. So it's, it's not insignificant. Right, the costs are more associated with active shows than they are with archive shows yeah there is a fixed cost though again monthly spread across you know for storage, for storage. And, yeah. right you so still have some, to still have to keep all this you have to keep all the servers running none of that decle decreases yeah you know not not a bit yeah. so yeah so this is this number that's that 90 day number has me that one's a, that wild me a little bit that's come down quite a bit Mm -hmm. It's just been just trickle effect. And we're just going to have to keep a, uh, an eye on this. And yeah, I think that, that, that 10 day number, of course, I'm not able to look at it. Um, how much we've lost that 10 and 30 day number, how much we've lost on that. Well, that, that, that's uh, in the two months, those numbers, like, we've seen that the biggest hit had already came. Because right. it's, it's stabilized now. Yeah, it's it's stabilized. But that that ninety day number that's catching up now. That's that this number that it has dropped. And you you know you would think it would because it's you know every day that that the variable from the previous ninety days is not in effect counting it. So 
Yeah. So and if it's 90 days, anything yeah. beyond 90 days is basically inactive. Yeah, essentially. 483, only 483 shows have published. Again, shows have published in the last 90 days. A show could have published five episodes in 10 days. So it's not episodes. This is shows. This is the number of shows. Just, just a minimum of one. One. A minimum one episode of one. There, could, the be, there could be more episodes. Right. So like in a 10-day period, my show will put out four episodes. If it if they this, catch it Monday to a Monday to a second Friday, yeah. But that three day number is probably the one that is that's at running you know, one hundred eight. Yeah. Not not a big difference between one hundred eight and two forty eight though. That's so probably about two really. And if we look at it, there's probably about two hundred thousand active shows. It's probably much lower. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. brings that that brings that variable down even more, right? So, and how many shows publish every two weeks? I think that's not uh, represented here. It's not. So again, if we had a three seven, I don't know. I have to ask Dave if this data is available somehow. Where we can run, I can run my own spreadsheet on it. But yeah, I definitely agree. Seven. 14. Yeah, 7, 14, 30 would be better. Right, right. Yeah, because if we look at everything and really it's based on a week. Mm-hmm. Some shows are weekly, some are bi-weekly. But some shows do, do publish twice a week. I know some, some are people daily. are doing, I some are doing daily. It, oh, right. God, God bless them that are doing five shows a week. Yeah, but, they're, but they, they exist out there. It'd be interesting to be able to track those that are doing um, three Two to five episodes a week. I'm not quite sure how you would track that here. Yeah. But. yeah. Well, he could come up with the, he could have a second chart in here that actually shows the number of episodes. That would be really cool to see the comparison in shows and episodes and see how that tracked across. But I guess we could go, go crazy on this. No, well, I could. And it's, you know, it's some, he's got the data. He just, you know, it's not in a chart. Yeah. Because all this costs money to process all this. You know, that's what, and that's another thing too. You know, if you think this podcast, podcasting 2.0 initiative is good, throw them some, throw them some dollars mm-hmm. or Satoshis, you know, throw them some cash. You can fiat donate through PayPal right on the website and tally coin. Yeah. I can do t- Yeah. Just, just do, you know, most people, uh, you know, throw them a PayPal. They they'll take it. it spends right. the same. Right. But. Well, I guess we're going to get out of here. I don't think we got much more to say. We're just dragging. We're dragging our feet, Todd. Yep. Across and the finish line, we're 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 clawing our way. Yeah, and I've just uh, it's it's been nonstop for me. I don't. It's just been busy like normal, and nothing. You know, the email is the email flow is the same. The meeting flow is the same. I do an average of three and a half hours of meetings every day. So, you know, death by Zoom. Yep. Death by Zoom. Zoom, Zoom. Yep, for sure. I'm getting a lot more interviews of people using Zoom, too. And they record on Zoom. That's the thing that blows me away. And I'm like, why are you recording on Zoom? Record locally and use that. But 
I guess that's what people are doing. So when's the next podcasting event for you, Todd? Well, it's probably going to be PodFest in person. We're not exhibiting, so PodFest and then Podcast Movement in Vegas. Right. And then if we decide we're going to go to to London, probably the London show in May, I'm sure there's going to be a stuff in between. So you're likely not going to do the NEB show? Oh, yeah, we're doing NEB. Yeah, we're going to NEB. In Vegas. Yeah, right. so doing that. I just think of more pure podcast so, stuff. And, and two, two trips to Vegas coming up. Yeah, right. three, because I go for CES. Oh, that's right, CES in January. Yep, yep. That's a working trip. That's no That's no play. So it's, you fall, come back to the room and face plan at 2 o'clock in the morning. Well, uh, let me know if there's any opportunities at CES that you hear about. Yeah, it's. I'm just hoping the show is bigger this year. You know, the show last year was pretty thin. Yeah, and we'll see. And what we was well, the true test? Well, how much media is going to show up? We cleaned up because there was so few media outlets. They were too scared to travel last year. We'll see how many media outlets are there. Uh, with the price of airline tickets, though, right now, my God, it's like. Whew, is that expensive? Oh, it's yeah, great. It's look. it's insane. And, you know, I was looking like going back to Hawaii for Thanksgiving and it's just, oh my God, unbelievable right now, the cost of airline tickets. Mm. So it's double. It's double what it used to be. You know, I used to be able to do a six hundred, six, seven hundred dollar round trip. It's you know, it's fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen hundred bucks. Todd, it's almost like somebody doesn't want you to travel. That- well, it costs a fuel. <laughs> Jet fuel's I'll not say it cheap. Again. It's it's almost like somebody doesn't want you to travel. Jet fuel, baby. <laughs> yep. And but they're going to s- still keep making lots of money on it. Though, right? But I am thinking about van life. So if anybody's listening out there, van life. Yeah, I'm thinking about van life. You, you know about you mean van living life. Living out of a van. They've got these cool vans now. Like RVs, kind of. Yeah, they're like a little mini RV. Yeah, you can drive them, go anywhere with them. You can, you know, they they've even got self but vans. People are like living out of old FedEx trucks. You know, they they modernize the inside of them, and you know, you don't know it's sitting in a parking lot. It's somebody's house. So the van life is a little more obvious because you can tell it's a camper vehicle. But I'm I'm thinking, but the price of them, though, holy crap! So I need to find a used one. So if anybody knows of like a like a three-year van for sale somewhere that's decent. Hit me up. I'm, I'm, I'm looking because I can't afford a hundred thousand dollar one that's brand new. I, I think back um, during the pandemic, um, there was a big market demand for well, there, you know these motorhomes, right? Uh, because people were trying to get out of the cities and all well, that stuff. now their market's collapsed. It's collapsed <laughs> the other way, but the van life stuff is still hot because yeah. you don't it's, have to have a truck it's the to tiny home kind of kind of yeah. Movement, you right? don't need to have an eighty thousand dollar pickup to pull a thirty thousand dollar trailer. Yeah, I've owned a fifth, <laughs> fifth wheeler before, so I I. I know what that's like. No. Yeah. So I thought, you know, I was looking at campers and stuff all this time. I'm yeah. like, why do I need that? I just, I just need a place, you know, they got these compost heads and they've got uh, a little mm-hmm. mini showers and, 
Yep. You know, and I just need a place to sleep and store some food and I can rock and roll. Take Starlink with me. Oh, Starlink could piss me off. They went. Is to, it working for you? It's, it's working, working great, but they went to bandwidth restrictions. What? Yep. One terabyte. And on basically, you get full throttle for one terabyte of traffic. Then after a terabyte, you go unthrottled. Really? Wow, yep. I'm surprised. And, and if you want to be unthrottled, 25 cents a gig. That's pretty inexpensive. Not. Wow. So rural America gets screwed again. Again. Wow. Okay. Because too many people in cities bought these things where you didn't need it, where you had a cable provider. Err. Hmm. Well, that's not good. Anyway, I've I've wind enough. Yep, van life. Thinking about it. So anybody knows of anybody? There's lots of them online, but I don't want yeah. one ten years old. I want one that's going to have solar and you know something yeah. I don't have to fix up. I don't have to spend right. twenty thousand in the shop because it's got three hundred thousand miles on it. Well, the problem with is you're going to get killed on the fuel for that. Well, some are diesel, some are gas, so. Depends on which way you go. Yeah, you're going to get killed if you have a camper. You're going to get eight miles a gallon anyway. So you're. <laughs> Especially the bigger ones. But right? the best thing is you can go somewhere and not live in a hotel. Yeah, that's true. You know, and whack up $200 a day. So you can, if there's not, you know, it's a, it's a offset. So anyway, all right, we'll get out of here. Everyone, thanks for being here. Thanks for putting up with our nonsense today. And. OAs, uh, right? That. That's your future, Todd. No, I'm not parking it. With a van, you don't. You can park it anywhere, as long as you don't you legally That's can true. park. You can. You don't so have you to be in a park in a grocery store parking lot yep, if you, you want to. Right? You just need one place a month to dump the gray and and dark. <laughs> Actually, the dark is in the compost head. You just need more sawdust. So, yeah. you, so you're good. So, okay, everybody, thanks for being here. All right, here. Todd. Boy, we've been all over the map today. Heck yeah, we have. Because the yeah. podcast news thin, very, very yeah. thin. Well, we'll have to maybe think about a guest again, maybe. Yeah. So, so use those new podcastapps.com. Get connected as a listener. Start seeing what's going on. Donate Satoshis to the show. 50,000 Satoshis, you get a sticker package. So that's the minimum. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here. Todd at blueberry.com at Geek News on Twitter. And I'm uh, on Twitter as well at Rob Greenley, and hopefully I will be verified here soon, so you oh. you'll know it's me. <laughs> Does it guarantee you get a blue check mark if you pay? I, I that's that's what I understand. I bet you're going to have to. I bet sure. you're going to have to give me your driver's license to prove it's you. Do you want well, them to really know it's you? Hmm. Hmm. There is an interesting. There lies the question. It does. It does. And I can be reached uh, an email to uh, rob.greenly at gmail.com. And I, I, I do have an, a website at robgreenly.com too. So if you want to follow me or send me an email, we'd love to hear from you. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. Take care. We'll see you next time here on the new e show. Bye-bye.